0: This is you and your body with Katie Asari. Let's shed the stigma, move through the awkwardness, and get a bit uncomfortable together. Let's talk about our bodies. Thank you so much for listening. feel today <laughs> you know I was um thinking about sitting down and record this and I was like uh I gotta find some energy should I pretend to be super peppy <laughs> and then I thought you know I feel like instead it's okay let's normalize that shit's hard right now <laughs> sometimes you're gonna be low energy you know I feel like last week or I think at the week before actually I felt like the energizer bunny I just had so much energy, and I was doing all the right things, and getting up early, and having these beautiful morning experiences, and taking lots of walks, and and you know, that was great. But I also need to learn how to treat myself whenever the energy's not there, you know. Um, so yeah, I'm still pushing myself. I'm still doing yoga and and trying to get walks in, but. I'm also trying to be a bit gentler with myself and recognize that there might be moments where it's okay to rest instead. Just always finding that balance over and over again of the tenacity, the discipline, the fire, and then also the sweet, the softness, the gentleness, the rest. So if you got any hot tips... Find me on Instagram, at you and your bod pod. I'd love to hear about them. Um, But for now, the big things that I'm trying to do in my life, I'm trying to walk as a work-from-home person. You know, I'm just not getting enough walking in the day. So I've been trying to add a daily walk to my life. I've been trying to do, I meditate, and I've been trying to do a meditation daily, any time of the day. And I don't do it every day, but I do way more days than I would have if I hadn't set the intention, and I'm trying to eat some more veggies. Keeping it simple. Walk, meditate, eat some veggies. What do you do to take care of your body whenever you're in a bit of a slump, you know? When you're feeling a little low. I'd love to hear from you. Well, and I'm also great at the hot baths, but that's been a staple for a long time. So just know that if you're feeling low or overwhelmed or like just don't know why, but you're just not having a ton of energy, you're not alone. It's okay. We're all taking in a lot, whether we're doing it consciously or subconsciously, there's a lot going on in the world and living my whole life in a 900 square foot apartment is not exactly, uh, not exactly normal or not exactly ideal. So, um, it's a yes and. I'm thankful for my home, I'm thankful for my pets and my sweet husband, I'm thankful for my financial stability, and it's still hard sometimes. All about those yes ands these days. Acknowledge my privilege and doesn't negate my experience that sometimes it still feels pretty hard out there. I'm really excited to share a conversation with you uh, today with Tasha. Um... She's a beautiful soul and a very wise soul, I think, and I'm excited for you to get to learn more about her perspective in life, about how nature's played a role in her experience with her body, and I think we're getting to some body hair, so can't wait to talk and share that and hear your alls reactions. I hope you're having a beautiful week.
1: Welcome. Perfect. Yay. Thank you. Yeah, of course. You're so pink today. I love it.
0: I Everything's pink now. Because I always like the color that I make my hair pink, and then I feel like I have no other choice. Everything has to be pink.
1: Yeah, matching. Yeah. Just somehow. holding in that beautiful, bubbly champagne, pink, peach color. It's very becoming. I love it.
0: Well, thank you. How complimentary. Yeah. What I think is really fun about you is when I was reading your little bio, I like learned a lot because we know each other through a music festival. So no, <laughs> like we dance, we've had great times together. But I actually knew very little about your like real life.
1: Yeah, yeah, I don't really know much about you except that you're awesome. You <laughs> like to dance. You're really community oriented. Yoga teacher. I'm interested Thanks. in moving things forward, but uh, other than that, um, I have no idea what your background is in anything.
0: <laughs> right? I think mean, it's fun, because we get to learn about each other, too, you know? Mm-hmm. plenty of
1: conversation yeah. to be had,
0: but, uh, yeah. So, yeah, so, in my real life, I, um, although festival life is real life, too, but in my life, yeah. day life, I'm a high school teacher, so, I- Oh, uh, I didn't know that, high school? Yeah, mm-hmm. I teach math. And I'm the director of a program for kids who don't do well in school. So it's working with kids who mm-hmm. don't – they basically have had some real struggles with high school, but they're all at a career technical ed school. So they, like, are passionate about cooking mm-hmm. or working on cars or whatever career they want to move into. But the academics have just been really hard for them. So I help manage the program and then teach yeah. with those kids.
1: Yeah. So – you're basically super awesome. <laughs> I have know, you know. many facets to who you are.
0: Yeah, but other than that, you had all the pieces. The yoga teacher, for sure. I'm from the Midwest, and I feel like I love nothing more than making friends and <laughs> trying to get to know new people. Yeah. And, and I'm just okay. excited. To what
1: learn. part of the Midwest are you from?
0: I'm from Indiana,
1: Southern Indiana. Okay. Like by Louisville, Kentucky. Okay.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Crazy. My. Uh, yeah, a lot of my family, extended family, is actually from Louisville.
0: Really? That's like an hour and a half from my hometown. Yeah.
1: Yeah. the The Marsh, the Marshes. Wait. Yeah. No, I don't know what my my grandma's maiden name is actually. Oh. Wow. Who mm, knows? Know. Something else to figure out in the future. <laughs> <laughs> it's
0: a. I think it's a unique little cultural moment around Louisville Kentucky you know it's like a little piece of the south mm. but we're furthest north of southern culture mm. so. like I grew up eating mm. like, beans and cornbread at my grandparents house it's like a very normal dinner beans cornbread and greens mm-hmm. that kind of like roll okay Kentucky you know it's an adventure yeah yeah <laughs> well tell us a little <laughs> bit about yourself
1: from born and raised in San Diego, California. Um, and that, you know, was its own interesting little, little pocket climate thing going on there. Um, you know, people hear San Diego, they think of like beautiful sunny weather, beach babes and dudes and like surfing and like all of this radical stuff. And really it's just like, It's a huge suburban sprawl. (laughs) Um, There's a huge Latina, Latino, um, like, influence there because we're so close to the border, and a lot of schools, like, high schools, middle schools, elementary schools, like, they bust in from the border.
2: Um,
1: And so you get a lot of kiddos from that area. But the more north you go along the coastline and inland, the wealthier it is, like, the further away you get from the border, the wealthier it is, and, like, the more affluent and the more, uh, like, the more you attain that, that vision of San Diego, um, because otherwise, it's, it's not, it's very much, like, like, the closer you get to the border, the more it's diverse, Um, so growing up there, I grew up in a really interesting, diverse community, um, 10 little town. Fun fact, my high school is actually the high school that was modeled after uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High.
0: Wow, you Cali lady. I know. I will admit the Indiana girl for sure when I heard San Diego, I was like, surfers, beaches, (laughs)
1: sunshine. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, typical uh, winter in high school, I would be wearing my shorts. Actually, this would be more fall. You would wear your shorts and then you'd wear your Ugg boots and like a pullover hoodie but you'd be like full leg exposure (laughs) for your your feet um and it was just the strangest thing to like see someone in something very warm and very cold at the same
0: time (laughs) you know all the choices we made in high school here i used to think it was cool to wear two t-shirts of opposing colors and then roll the sleeves on the arms so that you would have, like, a block of an opposing color. And my sweatpants, but then, like, perfect hair and makeup. It's like sweatpants, double t-shirt.
1: But I had to do my hair every day. I think that that is a great style. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we, we should, should bring, bring back. back. Who knows? Quarantine chic. Heck yeah. You're well, just why? ahead of your
0: time. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. But we'll see what have you been up to in the world since you have moved on and become your own person, you know?
1: Um, Oh, that's a big question. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I left San Diego and I went to UC Santa Cruz and I became uh, a college human and we just like really interested in exploring my freedom and all of the different facets and that. Um, and then, from there, I moved forward, and um, my last quarter, because the UC system goes on quarters, mm-hmm. I was doing a field quarter, and so we ended early, and I was taking um, a wilderness first responder course
2: Yeah. Um,
1: that it was really great, and I learned a lot, and I met someone there who got me interested in outdoor education, and that kind of propelled me forward into the job that I'm in now currently which is outdoor education and recreation um and really just that whole week was a really trans. actually it was, like, it was super transformative for me it was with a bunch of really great people who were also taking the class with me that were friends and some were acquaintances that became friends and um yeah it just i cut all my hair off i got a really great like med certification i built community i processed a lot of like past trauma and by past i mean like college level like just like within the past four years trauma um, that had gone on and then, uh, it like, just like all of that was like a big pivot point. I was done with college. I was cutting off my hair. I was getting this thing that was going to propel me forward in this new direction. I found someone that was going to give me a really cool opportunity for a really awesome job. And, and then, uh, from there, I just kind of decided to be more me more often. Oh. Um, I have so many great follow-up questions. I can't wait to talk to you more about this.
0: Hey, we like, never talked about outdoor education ever in my time over no. the weekend. But mm-hmm. we actually partner with an outdoor education program at my school. And so I get to go on their trips. Which
1: like I, I- love the chaperones.
0: <laughs> it's the best. Like I got to take kids to Susha Island last year and, and camp on the oh. for a week and mm-hmm. I just think it's so important and it's something that I've only recently discovered in the last It's the best. Yeah. Like I just, I was really detached from the natural environment for a really long time. Just because I don't know. Mm -hmm. I just think that that was a jam. I don't know why. Yeah. I think you just, your life kind of takes a path and you go down it. And I was like, I'm a city girl and I lived in Chicago and, you know, Mm -hmm. I just do a lot with the environment. And then like three or four years ago, I've always, as a kid, I loved it. And so I went camping for the first time as an adult, and I was like, whoa, this matters. Like, <laughs> this shifts. <and> yeah. <laughs>
1: like, oh, Totally. Yeah, it's, a uh, after education has been uh, something really special for me and, like, very near and dear to my heart. I made a pact with myself going into it
2: that
1: I was going to be most authentic and wanted myself to be sillier and funnier and like not as serious um and that all happened kiddos that I'm working with to be more themselves and explore things and the kids who are usually like the star of the class and like really great at everything are like maybe a little bit more quiet or reserved or like they keep talking but I don't you know like necessarily like always call on them because they have the right answer i'm like looking at other kids like well, what do you think what do you think and yeah. you know i've gotten really great feedback from uh teachers saying you know like this kid i've never seen them do so well on something until they were here and they were so engaged and excited and i just like have so many little nuggets in my head of of all of these different kids having these explosions of like
2: whoa like
1: someone had to figure out that this was edible and they figured it out like really wholeheartedly like having that realization that not everything comes so easily to everyone or like i don't know just all the different things and different people get to shine in different ways and outdoor education gives those people those opportunities um yeah
0: Feel like nature has impacted your relationship
1: with yourself. Like you said it a little bit, but. Mm. oh my god, this this one goes back. So uh, growing up in San Diego, like I didn't we didn't really do much outdoorsy stuff. My dad was super into mountain biking and he tried getting me to be a mountain biker with him, but I was a little overweight as a kid, normal, you know, like too. when you're growing up. Like whatever
0: I was a bit chubby. I was like a little chubster.
1: Exactly. I was the same thing. I was a little chubby. But also I had like sports-induced asthma and like you know when you're a little bit chubbier you don't really want to go and push yourself to go run and then you go and run and then it's hard so you know we would go and we tried mountain biking and like one of the first times I went out with him we went up we're going up this hill and then like I lost it and like when I was younger I just had a lot of really hard times um being outdoors and a lot of it was with like my dad like come on let's go do these cool things let's do this and I'd be like I can't we're going up something really steep he was just like choosing these harder things and would usually end with me in tears but my when he moved to Washington state Um, he met, like, met my stepmom, and my stepmom is from, like, a huge camping family, and, like.
0: And I met your dad and stepmom, correct?
1: You did, yeah, 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 at the festival, you met them, yeah.
0: And I saw them at Polish Ambassador, recently. Yes, oh my gosh,
1: I forgot about that, how crazy. We had a great time. Kira and all the other fun humans, yeah. Yeah, it
0: was great. Just making sure I picture the right person in my
1: head. Yes, yes. Uh, my dad has a big, goofy grin on his face, usually in tie-dye. My stepmom is absolutely gorgeous and just, like, this beautiful goddess that just, like, she just <laughs> looks like she's floating around. And, like, I know everything else about her, but when you just, like, see her, you're like, damn.
0: They definitely look like fairy people. You're like, they're, 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 I don't, they live in the woods somewhere, for sure.
1: I was like, these yeah. people live super. Yeah, yeah. so as time went on, like, you know, we would go camping with them, and my grandpa, Rick, was a huge, um, like, person for me in, in the outdoors, and nature, and, like, loving it, and they have some property out in eastern Washington, out in Bigleton, and then, like, where they live, my, my grandparents, um, they have like a little crick that salmon go through when they're spawning. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So we'd go down to the river or the little creek and like I would play there. And then when I was, you know, tween teenager, we would go camping and I would put makeup on in my tent <laughs> like yeah. eyeliner and mascara and come out and they're like, did you just put makeup on? No. It's, uh, it's leftover from, from the other day. It's just <laughs> leftover. I didn't put it on. Um, but that was like my security blanket being in nature. Um, but, you know, like, it, nature has been a huge influencer, and it's been a, it's like a, it's something that's a ada- like, been ever-changing over time. Um, from like, you know, having a really hard time and crying in it to exploring it a little bit more with my family in Washington. And then when I decided to go to college, and I really like started to start my path to independence, I asked to go on this wilderness orientation trip that UC Santa Cruz does every year for incoming freshmen, and now they include it for transfer students. Hmm. Um, And it's a 10-day trip out in the wilderness, out in the Sierra Nevada mountain range. Mm -hmm. And I'd never done anything like it. And I said, I want to do it. (laughs) And And 10 days is so long. 10 days is long. With a bunch of people you don't know. Like, I flew from San Diego to Santa Cruz. And, like, my makeup and my, like, bangs and my nice hair and, like, my (laughs) stuff. Because, you know, being from San Diego, your appearance was, like, really important. Yeah, looking good was really important. And, you know, going there, that was one of the first times that I was out in nature that long, that I hadn't showered that long, that I let my body hair grow out
2: yeah. because,
1: you know, I didn't have those things. And I was, uh, that was a huge transformation. And then from there, it's just like, gotten better. Absolutely. For the most part, <laughs> yeah. 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 In
0: what ways do you feel like your relationship with yourself or your
1: body has improved
0: because of the experiences you've been through or moving into nature more?
1: I appreciate my body for what it can do. Ooh. Instead of seeing it as an object for other people to appreciate and put value on, which is kind of what I grew up with the idea of like my appearance. Oh is what people place value on and that's how i'm going to show up in the world but you know when you carry a backpack on your back for 10 days with everything you need in it and your other people in your group are doing the same thing with the same stuff, and you're in your little cook groups you start to be like whoa this is all i need Mm -hmm. there are no mirrors out here wow um And so that's been, that's been the biggest thing is I appreciate my body for what it can do. And that's what I always come back to remind myself of. Like I definitely gained the like freshman 15, 20 when I started college. And like that didn't sit well with me at first. And like that number was just like always on my mind. Like I gained weight, I gained weight, I gained weight. And now I'm like, whatever. Right. It is what it is. Like. Whatever I gained is because I wasn't playing water polo every <laughs> single day. I wasn't swimming every single day. I wasn't playing field hockey. I was I was at a varsity sport every single season when I was in high school. Wow. And so I was, I was like going after it and then I didn't. And I let myself relax a little bit. And, you know, I gave myself some, like I shamed myself about that. And then, and now I'm like, I'm, I feel so happy. in those, like little extra legs, soft, squishy, right? with these strong ass biceps and my quads that are so strong that they're pulling up on my kneecaps and <laughs> causing extra pain in silly places because <laughs> they're so strong. Yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I, that super resonates. I um, I kind of had the experience of growing up a like pretty chubby kid. Hmm. I don't know why. I think that I I probably in the process with somebody sometimes but I think I like um I was a little bit I was really strong for my age and so when I would competitively Mm -hmm. play like with other kids I would sometimes injure other kids and I thought (laughs) that that was very feminine so I got kind of embarrassed about it and I think it really Mm -hmm. held me back from wanting to like fully go physically Mm -hmm. to the edges of where it was you know inside of me. So I was never very competitive. I also just like socially liked to talk to people. So, you know, they put me on the soccer team. Yeah. I distract people by chit-chatting. I was not that into the actual game. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I just could we be friends. But then I like definitely carried around a lot of shame about being a more spacious woman for a lot of my life. And I definitely mm-hmm. felt like just over and over again, it was about what I looked like. And I think in the last, since I've been doing more outdoor activities, even yoga, right? Like I mm-hmm. went through a period of really intense working out, but it was definitely shame-based. I mean, I would clearly mm-hmm. say things in my head, like you'll never have a boyfriend if you don't work out. No one will ever love you if you don't get sinner. Like it was yeah. very explicitly shame-based. And then I started to notice it as I moved into like nature activities or yoga, it became more about what my body could or couldn't do. And that is a lot healthier goal for me. Like mm-hmm. I want to be able to hike more and carry more weight on my back. Like that's a good goal, but that has nothing yeah. to do
2: what I look like.
0: <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I think so often we get them crossed. Like, yeah, it has nothing to do with what my body looks like, what it's capable of doing. Like mm-hmm. I can do a lot more than I realize I can, and sometimes we put limitations on it because of how we look. Or I think sure. I'm big, so I can't do this, or I'm skinny, yeah. I do this, or
1: I'm small. Yeah, and it you know, it. It, yeah, it does hurt when you feel like you can't be in a a place or a space or like take up that space or it, that sucks. And, you know, it's a reclaiming that is a hard process. And if you don't have role models or you don't hear conversations of other people and their struggles of like what they had to overcome to get there. Yeah. They're not going to ever feel like it's their space. Totally.
0: And yeah. I think that's part of why outdoor educators are so important because,
1: you know, like,
0: I think for a long time I was scared to go hiking with people because I didn't want to be the slow one. When mm-hmm. it was, like, a lot of my friends would have loved for me to go hiking with them and would have not cared whatsoever about my pace. You know, mm-hmm. like, it wouldn't have been a big deal to them, but it was about my own embarrassment. And it's been pretty to yeah. see the outdoor educators work with kids. You know, I'm just a chaperone, but it's cool to see the way that they can be mm-hmm. so supportive Kids that like, yeah, like, I think it takes a special person to be able to facilitate that experience, Mm -hmm. help the kid who's surging forward recognize to be sensitive and have compassion, and then also in the back realize that like it's okay and that they can do it, and that like Mm -hmm. if they're a little slower, like Mm
1: -hmm.
0: now I've definitely been on a hike with someone before and been like, you're a trail runner if you want to run to the top, I'm fine to like listen to my music and walk, like I'm not gonna be bothered. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, 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 there's a, it's cool in outdoor education, we get so many different types of outdoor educators, not only in their styles of education, but their personal backgrounds of interacting with nature and being outdoors and like uh, all different body shapes and types and backgrounds. Um, and that's been one, like, really awesome thing, and, like, I see kids connect to it better when they see a wider variety of humans, like, adult humans leading them forward, Yeah. and they see us all come together, and, like, we're excited, we're having fun, we take the time to, like, slow down and take breaks, Um, and you're, like, always gonna have those super athletic kids who are just, like, you know they were born into an athletic family or they just have a lot of energy and are like naturally athletic and like they're always gonna be like like gung-ho to go and do the things and you're gonna have kids who are come to you and they're like um excuse me how how dirty am i gonna get on this trip (laughs) uh i don't know like are you gonna be rolling around in dirt (laughs) right you get a big spectrum but I think it's really important for kids to go on outdoor education trips yeah. uh, so that they can see these different types of people and they can interact with different types of people and then that they can see their chaperones, whether it's you know family members as well as teachers or just teachers out there doing these things. They get to see adults in a different light and they get to view them in a different way rather than them just being just like this person in a room who teaches them things and they have to learn and listen and like do the things like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Routine, 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 is this all they do? Do they sleep here? Do they sleep under their desk? (laughs) That's what I thought when I was little, like my teacher just sleeps under their desk. Right. They get to see them in a different light and you know, they get to be uncomfortable in different ways.
0: that one I think is so important. I think there's something important to, A, like if you're a teacher, as a teacher, as anyone who, you know, has a leadership position in front of other people. I think it's so important for you to make yourself a little uncomfortable first. Like, you mm-hmm. have the kids been like, well, will you do it? Like we did the one challenge course activity with the giant wall, you know, and you have to like, yes. you know, the eight foot wall or whatever. And the kids mm-hmm. like, will you do it? Of course, immediately in my heart, I'm like, I'm so heavy. I'm going to be embarrassed about them trying to pick me up. What mm-hmm. if they lift me? That'll be really embarrassing. What if my mm-hmm. shirt slides? I don't, you know, immediately you get all the insecurity. And yeah. I, that's a good moment to think like, remember what being a teenager is like? Like you're walking around with this feeling a lot of the day, like, you yeah. know, as adult, I don't feel that as much of that as I did when I was young. Yeah. And I think it's but really, Thank God for that. <laughs> right? Oh my God. It's so hard to be young. That's why I love- It's it. exhausting. Right? I'm 32. Like I, I care so much less than I did even at 22. Oh yeah. You know, every year I hear. Oh, yeah. Clothes. But I just think it's really valuable. And then I did do it. I was like, you know what? Be a big girl, put on your big girl pants. Like mm-hmm. if you want the kids to try it, especially the ones who, you know, there's always that kid who's like me first, you know, but if you want those like scared kiddos to try it, then they need to see mm-hmm. me. And
1: I did it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's awesome. We always encourage, when we're out there, we always encourage our, Teachers or chaperones to participate as much or as little as they want, but we'll never let them overtake a situation. Like if it's a challenge course where they have to be a little bit more crafty and try and figure things out, um, or just like I or like little challenges. There's one called uh, we call it the corporate maze, and basically you either have like a number pad or you get them to get objects and put them down and you pick an arbitrary pattern of what they need to press it in and only one person can go up at a time to try and figure out what it is and you can go back and share information and you watch the adults sit there and like just stew and squirm because they know more about communication than these tinier humans know and you watch them struggle and you know I've had parents just be like oh wait what did you do this thing did you do this thing did you do the are like you're gonna come back over here with me you're gonna stay right here and you're gonna be here and then it's a learning opportunity for them they get to learn a little bit about how to let go oh, um I've had to walk away before
0: I've had to be like I'm gonna walk over here and drink water I can't look at this <laughs> I just- I trust that you can facilitate it. I just like oh. myself back. So fair. So yeah, fair. Walk away. Yeah. I'm going to blurt out an answer or tell the kid what to do. So I just, mm-hmm. yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we have staff day where it's just, you know, all the staff and instructors who are there and you go and you practice all the different things that you're going to teach and Mm. like the different activities and you go over the challenge course and make sure that it's safe and everybody's up to date with it on how to facilitate it. Yeah. And you know, my first season right out of college, like, the guy, Mitchell, who was the ropes course facilitator and is now the ropes course coordinator at my company,
2: mm-hmm.
1: he looked at me and he's like, oh, do you, have you ever done this one before? And I was like, no. Um, and it was this one where you had to completely, like, your whole group held onto one arm and, like, held you while you went over to grab this rope that was just out of reach, and I'm 5'2", and I have a really short arm span, so they had to really hold me. And, you know, all these little insecurities were popping in my head, like, they're gonna have to hold me, what if they aren't strong enough, like, what if I'm too heavy for this, and all these different things, and then they did it, and I was like, whoa. (laughs) They did that, I did that, we did it together, and it was fine in the end, they didn't drop me. Exactly. Well, and so I it was scary.
0: We limit ourselves, I think, a lot by what we think our bodies can or can't do, Mm. whether it's like insecurity or shame. You know what I mean? I mean, how many times have I done something I didn't think I could do because the right Mm -hmm. person was motivating me or somehow I Mm -hmm. felt to try, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, I try a million yoga poses I can't do, right? And that's okay. I'm going to keep trying them. It's not like sometimes magically you can just do something really hard, but- there are times where I can hold warrior two longer than I thought I could because I cared about that teacher and they made me do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? yeah. And then you're like, whoa, like I, I can do it. You mm-hmm. know, I just have to learn how to find that inspiration inside sometimes and believe in myself. Definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes it takes an outside force, someone to push you outside of your comfort zone to really get to that point where you try it. Um,
0: Have you ever had an experience either outdoors is kind of what I was thinking or whatever, where you really felt like you were pushed to the edge of what you were physically capable of? And what was it like? Oh my God, all
1: the time. <laughs> <laughs> the most recent one that comes to mind. Um, and it's funny because, so I rock climb. Mm-hmm. and my partner he is a rock climber and he's been rock climbing for like 20 years and he is certified instructor and in all these different crazy things and like we've been dating for a couple years and we know each other really well um but for some reason we haven't been climbing that much together just our seasons have lined up where we do more skiing but um this past winter, we decided to go rock climbing, and I hadn't been rock climbing in quite a while at this point, and we had climbed up, uh, like, one route, and then we were linking it to another route, and he was leading, and I was following behind him, and we get to the top of this thing after it was, like, kind of pretty sketchy, like, you know, these little flakes are, like, flexing as you're holding onto them, like, that thing's gonna pop up. I don't know how he just Went up this thing and like clipped into it and you know he was having a challenging time mentally going up it um but we get to the top and you do this thing called rappelling so you get to the top and you reset up your rope so it goes through your belay device so you can lower yourself down no one's lowering you but yourself and we're it's just uh, enough on a ledge where you have to like really trust it to go over and i'm looking at that and like panic just ensued and I was like crying and just like oh my god I can't this is so scary I can't trust the rope blah well, blah blah Even know I know logically that it would have been fine um he was really great and really calming and just like he let me cry in the midst of all of it and so I would say I wasn't pushed like, just outside my comfort zone. We call that in outdoor education, the yellow zone. I was pushed into my red zone. Um, and not because he pushed me in any way, but just because you know it was a situation that I hadn't been in in a while. And it was really terrifying. And he let me cry for a while and we talked about it. And then finally I was like, no, nope, I'm gonna do it. And then once I did I was like, oh, okay, that wasn't that bad. Yeah. I don't know. I was freaking out about that. But I mean, that was the most recent one. But there there are plenty. I push myself outside my comfort zone all the time. I didn't know how to ski and I became a ski instructor. And they taught me how to ski the week of training <laughs> to be a ski instructor and like going down intermediate runs when it's your third day ever skiing. Uh, because you're instructor forgot to ask you what your background was because you switched training groups and everyone else had been skiing since they were really young. So you were too weren't you? And yeah. So you know I just kind of plunge deep into the deep end every time.
0: How do you think that affects your relationship with your body, those moments of challenge Mm. and push?
1: Um uh, I would say that it strengthens my connection quite a bit. It shows me what I'm capable of. It shows me that, you know, even if you do fail when you're being challenged, that you tried it and like you've already overcome that one part of the challenge and there's no reason why you can't go back to it and try it again. Um, But it's really just helped me to, like reconnect with myself in new and different ways and my friend Audrey put it really well one time where she's like I want to make the whole world my green zone and yeah. so what I'm talking about is if you like think of a, a target the smallest circle on the inside that's your green zone that's closest to you you take one step outside of that that's your yellow zone and then outside of that, that's your red zone if you take a step outside your green zone and do something that makes you a little uncomfortable and you find that it's not as scary as it was, well, that yellow zone portion now becomes your green zone. You start to expand it and you keep expanding it throughout your whole life if you want to. Yeah. Um, and that's what like challenging myself really does is it pushes me more into my green zone and finding those different things. Uh, and my body's the thing that's taking me along to do it. So it's really great, like really fun and exciting. And I have these like thoughts and visions sometimes of me being like a super awesome runner, like running up a mountain and like feeling really good about it and like I daydream about those things and I think like, I don't actually like running. (laughs) But that was a fun daydream. I don't like running either. I've tried running.
0: You know, I'm. I love walking. I just tried. You know what? Walking is really nice. I love walking. My low back feels great when I walk a uh-huh. lot. Good for the sacrum. I like to walk. No, I. um, So I. You know, I. I. I describe myself often as outdoor curious. I might be well, I might be able to upgrade myself a little bit at this point, but you know, I really didn't do much until the last three or four years. I definitely grew up. My dad was a really big camper and backpacker when he was younger, but as he got older, he really kind of stopped doing it, but he would, like, take me on day walks, you know, we'd go mm-hmm. to the state park and camp or something like that a few times a year, mm-hmm. and then, like, three or four years ago, um, my husband, Kwesi, who you know, he met him at the festival, he, um he's great. <laughs> he's the best, but he, he he'll come say hi later. I told him he should come say hi at the end, <laughs> but he, uh oh, he had made these friends, And he was like, they invited me camping. I hate camping, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but your friends are going camping and we're invited? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, I'm going to go without you. And he was like, well, I guess if you want to, you can go. And I was like, well, I want to go camping. And I don't know anyone who camps. And so Mm -hmm. I'm going to try it out. And I had like vaguely met these people, but not really. And so Mm -hmm. I went camping on Third Beach. And I mean. Beautiful. Oh, right. What a great first PMW camping trip. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. it's a nice easy hike it, and it worked out great and so then over mm-hmm. the last few years I've like gotten more and more into camping and some like light backpacking but then last spring break from school the outdoor recreation teacher at my school so my career in technical education school has an outdoor recreation program it's like one of their mm-hmm. careers and um he's become a really good friend of mine I call him T but he invited me to go on a trip for spring break because he was like nobody else can take a random week in April and something. So he wanted to do yep three. I was like yeah. <laughs> I do. But obviously I was a little terrified. Like, I just know he's very experienced. And I was like, I, you know that I'm like pretty slow. I like, I'm determined and I'm resilient, but I'm not very experienced. And we did, uh, we went to Grand Escalante in Southern Utah and we did a pack rafting trip. So we like, Oh my God. It was incredible. Yeah. And I, it was a perfect example to me of like, trying something that was definitely firmly in my yellow Mm -hmm. maybe red zone I just Mm -hmm. didn't know if I was going to be able to do it and I just had to recognize with him that like you've told me this is going to be a really heavy pack to hike in and we'll see what I can do and how slow I have to go but I'll try like worst case scenario you may have to help out and somehow double back and help with my pack if it's that heavy it was like 60 pounds
1: but I made it
0: I was only like three miles in so it wasn't that bad And then we pack rafted on the river for, like, I don't remember, three or four days. Wow. Incredible. But the hike out was, to this day, the hardest and most painful thing I've ever done in my entire life. I just, Mm -hmm. there were definitely moments where I was like, maybe I just live here. (laughs) Like, maybe I somehow i am going to have to stay here forever. Mm Because it was just straight uphill in sand to get back (laughs) out into the car. Oh, yeah. Right. And then there were moments where I like had to walk on this like sideways rock and I was terrified I was going to fall and die. Um,
1: what did you do to get yourself through that? Like how did how did you make it out and not stay living down there? <laughs> yeah.
0: right. I do remember one point just sitting there and being like maybe this is it. I'm just gonna stay. Um, a few things. Number one I like T and I have a really like positive strong friendship. So I was he could see in my eyes when I was, like, reaching the point of I might panic here. And it was helpful, too, because I think I felt safe enough to say, like, I'm really scared. I need you to hold my hand. Or, like, I don't – I feel like I'm going to fall, and I just need a second. And so I think being brave enough to say when I was struggling – because in mm-hmm. the past, definitely, I would just, like, pretend like I was fine. There have been a lot of times where I, like, didn't let people know how much I was struggling or how hard something yeah. was for um, yeah. So that felt really brave to have to say, like – I don't know if I can do this on the way out. We ended up actually, I would hike with my pack for a bit and then he would hike forward, drop his pack, come back, take my pack off my back, hike it forward, drop it, pick up his pack. So he ended up doing the hike basically twice because he would help with my pack. Yeah. Um, but we willing to ask for that was I think a positive step in my like.
1: Yeah. Really- that's huge. Uh-huh. That is that like, that is so huge asking for that level of help yeah like not a lot of people do ask for <laughs> that help and you know if you're out there with someone who's willing they're just waiting for you to ask they're like yeah sure i can do it why not
0: well it's just the two of us like he's a, you, you know like he's working enough kids that he could see that look of like oh this is this mm. is, and he warned me he was like this is gonna be really hard like know the hike out's really tough and i'm willing to help you and do whatever you need to make sure we get out and we'll be okay mm-hmm. and you'll mm-hmm. make me drink water like every two seconds i think he was terrified i was going to heat stroke which is <laughs> 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 every time he'd come back and get my back he'd be like water please and I'd, yes and i would drink some water uh, which is right move and then i also there's this britney spears song that's complete garbage yeah. called work bitch
1: <laughs> oh my god
0: Yes. <laughs> so, the whole trip, I, like, whenever I was having a hard time, I would, like, to make myself laugh. I'd be like, you better work, bitch, and tell myself to get to work. Oh, so yes. I remember just, like, at one point I had to pack on. I think that now, I think I got halfway up and realized I could have walked around, but somehow I didn't see it, so I was, like, scrambling up this sand pit, and I remember just screaming, you better work, bitch, and, like, trying to get up this sand pit, because every mm-hmm. step think. Down again. You're crawling to try and get out. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So there's something glorious about trashy, raunchy, offensive music. <laughs> when you're doing something that's really hard, it just puts you in this like grind in this groove. And you're like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna get it. And oh. then you get it, and then you got it, and then it's got
0: I was totally scrambling and screaming, you better work bitch over and over again. And then I saw this dude at the top of the <laughs> hill. Like, Sorry if I ruined your nature moment, but I was struggling to get through. Um,
1: no, those moments are my favorite. If I ever get to witness those moments when I'm out and about on trails, and I'm, I'm very pleased with my day. Like, yeah, that was great. That was a, a really pure <laughs> moment that this human was having. Like, that's yeah. what you had. You had a really, it sounds like you had a really big connection with yourself of just pep talking yourself and making it out, like out of this sand pit in one piece as much yep. as one piece as you can get out of a sand pit. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: And then I remember at the very, you like hiked all the way to the top of this bowl. And then basically there was this, like, you had to get up over the ridge to be on the like desert again and the gap you had he told me there was like a very narrow gap so he was like I'll be honest we'll have to like see what's gonna work best like I I, he had rock climbing ropes and stuff so he was like somehow we'll make sure you and your pack get up to the top but just warning that there's like a pretty narrow spot so if you're claustrophobic or if like physically it becomes challenging to fit Mm. we'll need to figure something out and so immediately I was like oh the hot feeling of shame that comes from physically not fitting into something is always hard, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially traveling with this with a man, so somehow that makes it harder for me in some ways, you know, I think if it was a woman, I relate, I, right? I relate, <laughs> there was definitely that hot moment of like, oh god, my ass is not gonna fit in that crack, <laughs> like, there's no <laughs> way, <laughs> right,
1: This is... It's just not physically possible. Like, we could talk physics all day about this, baby, but it's not gonna happen. I don't have, like, any fear. I just... (laughs) I don't want to be squished in there that tight, and I don't think it's gonna work. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: But we figured it out, you know? And it was good to confront that moment and be like, you know what? It doesn't matter. I still found a solution pretty quickly. I just basically climbed out the outside. Yeah. grabbed my hand and was like, throw yourself up here, and then expecting them so flexible for me a yoga instructor I just like pop my foot up there and it's like oh your foot's like above your head yeah I can do it like we all have our (laughs) strengths I just can't fit in the tiny gap but like
1: (laughs) I can pretty easily scramble my way up a side yeah I'm bendy. (laughs) and that's a that's a really awesome lesson that you know being outdoors teaches you is there isn't just one way to do some things there's true. so many different ways you know everybody has their different strengths and um when you're out there and you're doing a trip with some other people you all have your different strengths and not one person has to be the strongest the entire time like i don't know you could be like a strong leader and like have the map and know where you're going and then you have someone else who's like super uplifting and is able to help people feel more connected to themselves while they're there in that space and absolutely yeah or they're super bendy and they can do super cool tricks like heel hook a move and like climb up and mantle up and just make it happen and impress people without even them knowing and you're like what that's normal for me yeah
0: well I think it's been interesting to see which I would love to hear how you've seen this because I'm sure Mm -hmm. you have that like Everybody is so different. And I think I used to go around the world thinking that like people who look like this are healthy and fit and people who look like this aren't. Yes. And like, yes. whoa, my mind has been blown. Like my sweet husband, I remember he had some knee injury and I've always thought of him as the like more healthy fit one because he's like a really good runner and weightlifter mm-hmm. or whatever. And then he got the PT, asked him to do clamshells, like lying <laughs> on, his he on his knees. 12 of those puppies he was out of breath and he was like I just can't keep going I was like we th- it was just fascinating to see like I can do a million of those it was cool to see that like how you how mm-hmm. your body looks has nothing to do with what it can or can't do in a yeah. way I don't think
1: I realized for a long time oh for sure Then um, oh I like 100% agree with you I've had when I was younger just like these boxes for people um of if you're fit if you can do these things you're healthy if you can't do these things you're not healthy and i think that that goes back to you know like pe when you're in middle school and elementary and high school and you have these like standardized tests that you have to meet even in pe and physical education Yep. and go run a mile do this many push-ups do this many this and rope the rope is so demoralizing for so many of us (laughs) I actually don't remember if I had to climb a rope, but you know, climbing a rope takes technique. I didn't learn to climb a rope till I was in high school and I was learning. I like was part of a, like a circus sort of class. And you were learning how to climb a rope to go up to a trapeze bar so you could catch people. Yeah. Like as you were doing trapeze, like I didn't learn how to do that. Um, but, you know, just like all these different stereotypes that you learn at a young age from all these different images and everything, but it's so not true. Um, and like my friends are clear examples of that. Mm. Um, I get to see them do really amazing things all the time, every day. Being able to work in adaptive sports, that really shows you there's so much that People can do, and they find Maybe their own ways more to do it. Information about
0: what adaptive sports are. I mean, I think mm. I hear you're talking about, but yeah. yeah.
1: So adaptive sports, like that's just like a really broad umbrella term.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: adaptive, going more into that though, is you know someone who is more of like a normie. They have relatively normal physical abilities to accomplish a task, whether, and it could also be like relatively mental abilities, normal abilities to accomplish a task. Um, you know, just like your average person, everyday person. Yeah. You, but that's not to say that everybody doesn't have their own learning style and like need to be taught in different ways in order to understand and accomplish a task that they want to accomplish. But adaptive sports, you could have people, um with different ranges of different like mental challenges that they need to overcome um where like they may have auto processing disorders or like photo processing disorders or just like things that make it harder for them to understand what is going on um where like the the input is coming in, but they don't have enough time to process it right then and there, and then it happens all at once way later. Or maybe someone has lost a leg. So like a lot of people think of uh, Wounded Warriors, like that is an adaptive sports program uh, that is out there for people. Um, So all sorts of these little different things are going on. Um, But in adaptive sports, your coaches are looking at you and they're saying and they're trying to figure out well well how do you learn things how do you interact with the world rather than just like going off of this autopilot script of well this is how i should teach you because it's how i've been taught to teach people they first take a moment to you know verbally assess like okay well what's going on with you how do you like to do things is there anything that motivates you there anything that challenges you and then you go from there and then you go into it and you try and figure out the best path for them to help them out and it's like you're not only coaching them on how to do the thing but sometimes you're coaching them on being gentler with themselves as in like within their learning process um I don't know do you have other questions about adaptive sports? There's, I could talk about it for a while.
0: Concrete example of like maybe a person you've worked with or an experience that would help me get like a deeper understanding.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. There's a couple. So going back to when I was a teenager, I worked for the United Cerebral Palsy Foundation um, and I was volunteering with them as an adaptive aquatics instructor. And so we would get a range of kiddos from just a couple months old to 18, 19 years old. Um, And, you know, with the babies, you're just, it's more of like water therapy and you're moving them through the water and everything. Um, There was one kid, though, who he had, he had spina bifida and a couple other things and he didn't, he couldn't feel his lower body, but he could move it. He didn't, he would have, like, look at it and be like, oh, I'm moving it. Um, and within that, we taught him, like, his goal was to make it onto the adaptive swim team. And to be able to be on an adaptive swim team, he had to swim a certain amount or a certain length of the pool by himself with no help. And we were teaching him how to sit on the side of the pool and dive into the pool, and then come back up, resurface, and take a couple strokes on his own. Mm-hmm. So we were working with him with that. So that was from like a young age when I was in high school, and I didn't really understand, but I was just working with this kid, and I'm like, yeah. we're here to support you, and don't freak out because we're here to pick you back up, and you're like, we're gonna be the strength for you when you don't have it.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. And then. A more like recent great one for me is um, there's this kid Gabe that I work with uh, at Disabled Sports Eastern Sierra. I worked with him last season, and his dad told me, "Oh yeah, he goes on black runs with me, and he's well, I don't remember exactly, but I believe he's some like autistic uh, and not very verbal at all. He understands what you're saying and will like nod his head and sometimes give you a yes or no um but for the most point part like you get no verbal there's not a ton of like facial changes you're you're not really sure the person who was working with him the day before she was an intern and she was like kind of taken back. she was like yeah i was taking down this like pretty like easy run and he was just like doing this death wedge and the death wedge is when." Tips of your skis are closer together and the backs are really far apart, and it's really exhausting on your body to go down that way. because dad is telling me that he takes him down. Black Runs, I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I was like, all right, his dad says he's capable of this. Let's try it out. Worst comes to worst, we can take off skis and we can slide down on our butts or we can walk down or let me see where this human's at. Yeah. We go up and I take him down a harder run, and then all of a sudden he's parallel skiing. Like, that's adaptive sports right there. It's not about you and what you expect to get out of it. It's seeing what you can help others get out of it. Ugh.
0: I feel like this model would have changed my childhood experience with sports. Mm-hmm. Hey, like, mm-hmm. I know like it's generally used for, like, more specific situations, but do you feel like there's implications for ways that we could be teaching sports to all kids to incorporate more adaptive methods?
1: Yeah, I think it just, just... Kind
0: of reminds me of like whenever you read the individual education plan, the like special education plans for kids at school, honestly, as a teacher, when I read them, they're good teaching. Like there's, when I read an IEP, I'm like, oh, that's, that's what, like, ideally, this is what I should be giving everything. Like, I should yep. be able to support every kid where they're at. Give them mm-hmm. the tools they need to be successful. Like, yes, yeah, some kids need that in writing to make sure it's like mm-hmm and to make sure it's really happening Mm -hmm. but really that's what I that's what I wish every kid in my classroom would get.
1: Yeah I fully agree with that with so I I volunteer for the adaptive ski program but I'm also a ski instructor for the normal ski program um, that the mountain has and at the adaptive ski program you go through you know what were the student's goals, what were you trying to teach them that day? What did they accomplish? What are your recommendations for the next lesson? When you're teaching a group of kids, you're kind of just like trying to teach to the masses and try and just get it out. Whereas when you're teaching at adaptive, it's more one-on-one and you get a chance to really understand that human. And it like I would love for every kid to have more one-on-one time. Um, I think that students would gain so much more from it, and then they'd be able to take that and bring it to a bigger social setting, and then everybody might be a little bit more comfortable, and it would break down a lot more boundaries, and that we set up for ourselves at a young age of, I'm not able to do this because I can't keep up with those kids,
2: Yeah,
1: just because you know, you just need a little bit more time to learn how to do it, but you don't have more time to learn how to do it because you're on a set schedule that some institution has set up for you.
0: Yeah. Oh, and then you feel so bad. I've been that little kiddo who <sighs> you're like, I couldn't do it. I'm not going back tomorrow. And then you just like, yep. to go back. Oh, mm-hmm. and really. Yeah. 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 With a little bit more time and assistance, most kids could be just fine, but yep. Yeah, I also remember I I hadn't thought about my childhood sports experience in a really long time. I remember I had this like wild soccer coach too, who was just like a screamer. He would yell at us, and we were in like third grade. Uh, (laughs) Why do we need to get yelled at? I'm sure that's part of why I was like, I don't want to play soccer anymore because I just get yelled at a lot.
1: Well. I hear that and, like, that just sucks. Like, you're in third grade. Your third graders are, what, like, eight, nine years old-ish? Somewhere around there. Very young, very impressionable. But also have, like, a very good understanding and grasp of emotions and what they mean and when they mean it. Uh, and, like, how they interact with day-to-day things. And you have someone yelling at you during this one thing. You think, I'm doing the wrong thing. And then you just, you know, just like degrade your self-esteem about something. And you're in third grade trying to learn this thing. You are not, uh, what is it, FIFA? Is that is that the thing for, <laughs> yeah. for soccer? I don't know much about soccer. So you're a- like, you're not coaching the next all-star <laughs> athlete for FIFA World Cup. And these... I just just need to tone it down a little bit but you know maybe he was taught that way and that's all he knows and he doesn't he hasn't like rethought it in any way Who knows? screaming works it gets results <laughs> just keep if you yell louder they'll do what you want
0: <laughs> like no one's doing what you want so care.
1: no no <laughs> and Has talking louder ever worked no. I find when you speak quieter so that's when it works as long as they like you
0: i did my first year teaching i would make the mistake of saying things like i'll wait and i remember and i've always taught like seniors alternative high school and so i definitely had a girl who was like that'd be great i'm gonna finish my story and then she's like, <laughs> like okay i wasn't an offer to wait i was threatening you but that good, right?
1: yeah there's always those people that will uh <laughs> take you up on your offer
0: it's true call you out on it (laughs) well and now that works because i have a different presence with kids i definitely have a different Mm -hmm. like this is the learning space that i manage and so if i am speaking i need for you to be respectful and i give them lots of time to talk amongst themselves i'm very like straightforward with kids like i treat you with respect this is what i'm asking and then i will totally be reasonable with you like Mm -hmm. i don't care if you listen to music while you work on your math homework just not while i'm trying to give notes
1: yep like yeah And I think when you're straightforward and upfront about those realistic expectations, kids appreciate it and they feel respected in their own way. Um, And I think it's really important. And that's, you know, when I start having a rowdy group of kids, I stop them and I, I do the same thing. I'm like, look, I'm here to, if I'm speaking, it's usually to give you instructions about something fun. For safety or to tell you that I have food for you. Snacks, really delicious ones like Oreos and Wheat Pins and, you know, like apples or oranges. Oh my gosh. How do you feel like your relationship has changed with your body over this quarantine phase? That's, that's something that's interesting to me.
0: Right. That's a great question. I feel like I've gone through phases. Like the first few weeks, I was that like gung ho quarantine girl who was like, I'm going to take on new projects and hobbies and I work out all the time. And I was, I was like really into it and -hmm. it felt really good. But then I just started noticing like on the low days, it gets a little harder. And then Seattle was gorgeous for a while. And it's way easier for me to want to like go for a two hour walk when it's beautiful outside. And then Mm -hmm. it got kind of gray and cloudy. And I just noticed my energy reducing a little bit. And then I noticed myself being a little unkind with myself about it, where I was mm-hmm. like, oh, well, you didn't work out today. So blah, 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 blah. You didn't do your yoga. So you're not good enough or you're lazy. So, and so it's, I don't know. It's been a weird one to process, you know, because yeah. I, I know in my head that I agree with every Instagram post. that's like, if your body changes during this time, it's totally normal we're all going through something crazy and we need to be patient and loving with ourselves. It's just mm-hmm. getting in my heart to believe that, you know, that inner dialogue is challenging sometimes. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very challenging. What about
1: you? Um, I would say my mental status has been the thing that's been fluctuating the most. Yeah. Um, so, I was supposed to start a job in California, and I was on my way to drop my partner off back in Mammoth, and then I was going to turn around and go back to Ventura and, like, start work, and, like, when I work my seasons for my outdoor education job, Mm -hmm. it's crazy, and so I was, like, really mentally prepared for all of that and, like, mentally prepared to be separated from him for a while, for, like, three, four months, like, we weren't going to be together, which is normal for us for the past couple years that's how it's been going
2: um
1: uh but then you know all of a sudden it's like all right well now I have to be here because my work is gone because all the schools are canceling and like just like going through acceptance and being like okay so I'm gonna be here and then realizing that okay well all of our opportunities are actually in Colorado we have to go that way and like coming to that realization and like taking down a lot of barriers there and you know, knowing that it's like the right option, but a lot of my I've had to let go of some of my inner dialogues of I'm strong, independent female woman, like I don't have to go and follow a boy anywhere. Like that is something that has like really been penetrating my head. And like I wasn't thinking about like, okay, you're going there with you are still all those things, but you also have this really awesome strong partner who is there to support you. Do you want to be apart from them? Where do you want to be with them and like going through that and like then getting here and then we quarantined in the woods for two weeks to make sure that you know we weren't bringing anything from mammoth to this other small town here in colorado um and so we like did it right and i was having a great time just like enjoying the birds and the woods making art in the mornings just being like very like casual about everything (laughs) and just like (laughs) La, la, la and then we moved to this tiny home near the job site that he was working on and I started like reading more of Facebook and my anxiety started increasing because I was reading posts about this county and like some people were like if you don't have license plates from Colorado you shouldn't be here if you don't have a driver's license with the count like with that's within this county you should be allowed in the grocery store and then Brad was telling me that, uh, like, he had met someone whose brake lines had been cut, and, and, like, all these things, and I'm just, like, in this tiny home, and I'm, like, okay, I'm just gonna do yoga, and I'm gonna sit here, and it's beautiful in here, and I'll go for walks occasionally, and I'm just gonna, like, be here, and I'll yeah. be safe. I'm like, going through a lot of anxiety, and then we moved again. Now we're, in like, in a place, like, finally, like, secure and stable. We're living with one of his friends, Um they have felt so much better in my mental space of like, okay, I have a place. I have a home. This is fine. I'm gonna stop looking at Facebook. Good. It has nothing good to offer me (laughs) at all except for like these people's angry rants. Because the people that I interact with on a day to day basis, like they've been awesome. They've been so great and so kind and like I've gotten a job like an under the table job where I can make money, but you know, like what if that goes away, I'll still be able to keep my unemployment. Um, just like doing a little bit there or, you know, people who are like looking out for my partner to make sure that he has a job, people here making sure that like, we have a home and you, you know, our, like the person owns this place, he was like, you know, you guys don't have to pay at all Mm -hmm. for the like, And we're like, no, 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 we're going to pay you something. He's like, okay. I just don't think times are really crazy. And just like all these beautiful, kind people were there and present. But then, you know, these mean, angry people on Facebook were being mean and angry and processing their fear, anxiety, whatever it may be, and putting it out there in the world instead of checking it.
0: (laughs) I feel it too. Mm -hmm. I've I've been trying to be I I set a time limit on social media apps on my phone so it tells Mm -hmm. me when I have hit my like allowance for the day which it used to be 30 minutes a day but I felt like under quarantine I upped it a little bit and I'm feeling like it's time to bring it back down a touch but Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I've been noticing that there are some days where looking at Instagram feels really positive and it's like I get to see a lot of like positive ideas or quotes or like body positive images but then there are definitely days where I look at that and I feel the like rush of anxiety or the rush of like mm. for me it's often inadequacy like looking at other people's things and thinking I'm not good enough or I'm not yeah. adequate or as as great as them and so I've just yeah. better at feeling that and being like "Ooh, I'm feeling it I think I'm off for the day like that's this is not feeling like it's supporting me it's just feeling like it's mm-hmm. making me so bad about myself Artificial. Yeah. I
1: actually don't have anything to feel bad about. Yeah, just totally. Totally. I uh I definitely just journaled about that like yesterday morning and the morning before. I'm like try and journal before I do anything else in the morning. But this morning, like I had looked at my phone before I journaled and then like I read two posts and I was like, Oh no, 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 no. Like I don't need to take on those people's emotions or feelings or things like let sit that down, go back to your journaling, like do your thing, but um, I tend to just, like, take on other people's pain and hurt and, like, feelings, and <sighs> Instagram can be a really challenging yeah. platform and space for me right now.
0: And so. I've taken long breaks before. I was off of social media for six months, I think.
1: one time. Cool. That's yeah. awesome.
0: It was cool. I think I just am always trying to figure out what that relationship looks like, you mm-hmm. know, and I don't know exactly. Yeah. In, it feels kind of like I often think to myself like what is my purpose in sharing on social media and like I think mm-hmm. I need to almost for myself come up with like a purpose statement of what social media is, is supposed to be for me
1: because mm-hmm.
0: you know it just feels weird sometimes You're like what is the point here like I certainly don't like this isn't about trying to make other people think I have a great life this shouldn't be about like trying to do whatever or make myself look a certain way like if it, if I'm sharing things that are helpful to other people, I think that's important and good and positive. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I know in myself, if I'm really deeply honest, that I care a little too much what other people think, and that sometimes I can get a little too attached to yeah. what I my life as. Which is hard yeah. to admit, but it's true.
1: I I do the same thing. I definitely do the same thing. It's, yeah, I think. It's hard to admit, but I think the hardest step is recognizing it. Yeah. When that's happening. Yeah. Because the fact that you're recognizing is freaking awesome. It's beautiful.
0: I'm getting there, you know? And I, I do think eventually yeah. I'll come to some sort of like this is the goal for my presence in social media or decide that I don't want mm. really it if I can't come up with a goal that I feel good about, you know?
2: It's mm-hmm. kinda of like twenty nine years yeah.
0: ago on honeymoon, But we've well, been married like almost six years now. But on our honeymoon, we like wow. made a statement for our marriage. And so our mission. You statement made a what? Made a mission, oh, a
1: mission statement. statement.
0: For our marriage, basically. And I got a tattoo on my arm, but it says love, adventure, growth. So we just like picked three keywords that we wanted our marriage to be about. And we'll like periodically check in on them and be like, how do you feel like we're doing on the love, adventure, growth? <laughs> well, it's really helpful, right? Because it's like a framework to think about.
1: <sighs> yeah. So, That's really beautiful. Be
0: similar for social media so that I can check myself and be like, what am I really here for? Like, is this about, you know, accepting yourself? Is this about whatever? If not, then get it off. We don't need to be doing it. You know,
1: mm-hmm. you know. I hear you say those three adjectives, buzzwords, and I, I think that it's really beautiful that you have that set with you and Kwesi as your mission statement. But I think that that would also be a really bitch-in mission statement for everyone to have with their bodies whoa love adventure growth that's what it's about
0: right that's mind-blowing and it's so true Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you're totally right because i i do want those things in my body i want to love it i want to have adventures with it and see what it's capable of and Mm -hmm. i want to continue to see it grow and evolve Mm -hmm. wow i think that's fascinating yeah this is why we podcast podcast Podcast. (laughs) queens (laughs) Oh, you're totally right. Well, if you had to say for your body, this can be too intimate of a question, but how do you feel like you're doing on the three for your body and yourself? Love, adventure, growth.
1: Um, let's see here. Love. I'm gonna get intimate here. Um, within it. it. So, love. I've definitely loved my body way more throughout the years through adventure. Yeah. Through like adventure and exploring. Uh, I used to think that the only way that I could love myself is if someone else was loving me in return. If I had a partner in return who would shower me with love, and then when I made the conscious decision to, you know, just love myself and go and do the things that I enjoy, that's when things started blossoming. Adventure. Um, Yes, I take my bodies in adventures, but also I've been adventuring within my own body and my own needs and desires, like, you know, it could be sexual or just like what I enjoy overall, yeah. uh, adventuring with food is a big one. Um, back to sexuality, though, like I did not have an orgasm until I was twenty-one.
2: Yeah,
1: um, did not just like didn't adventure. It was like faux pas, and like you know, in high school, all the girls were like, "Oh no, I don't do that." Like yeah. that—that's when I grew up around, and so I decided finally to adventure that after having a very candid conversation with my stepmom and my aunts. And then being amazed that I'd never had an orgasm before. They're like, what? This is what I do when I was your age. And like when I was younger, this is what would happen. This is what would work for me. So having, great of you
0: two to have that conversation with them. Like, good for you. Yeah. I didn't think that women could masturbate, just to be clear. I like grew up in a very conservative Christian environment. And so I thought that women couldn't do it. Yeah. Until I really around the same. Yeah. Age. I just wasn't aware it was possible.
1: Yeah, I, um, I didn't really know what it was, I didn't really know what it was like. Yeah, I get it. I remember meeting a guy that I was, like, interested in, he was a drummer, our eyes locked while he was on stage drumming, and, like, I drove his tour bus, and then, like, we got to fool around a bit, and he's, like, I told him I didn't want to have sex, and he was very respectful of that, he was, like, do you want to do anything else? I'm, like, sure. Uh and he he's like, we met, like how about you masturbate like in front of me and I was like, uh and I had never really done it before and then all of a sudden this guy's like, What about what if you do it? And I'm like, I guess I can try it. Yeah. I don't really know. And like I just kind of did what I thought was supposed to happen and that did nothing for me.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. <Nothing>. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we need a bit more <laughs> manual. There's there's some like explanation. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But like no one had had a conversation with me until I had that conversation with my stepmom and my aunts. Yeah. And they looked at me and they were crazy. And I think the thing that was really helpful is like we were already in like a really safe and vulnerable space. Yeah, My stepmom, she is a massage therapist. She was a doula for a while. Mm-hmm. She did a lot of pre and postnatal stuff. And like, it was just this time we were like at her massage like studio and it was all of us who we were drinking wine and we we're just hanging out and, like, everybody was being vulnerable, and it encouraged me to bring up my stuff, and having that, like, women's circle was really awesome, and then, yeah, and then, like, the growth aspect of my body, I'm always just interested in seeing what I'm capable of,
2: yeah,
1: and, uh, yeah, just growth, I guess, in general, just you know, like flower, there's just any sort of plant life cycle. Like you're going to go through a growth phase, it's going to bloom and then it's going to die and then it'll regrow. Absolutely. And remembering that really powerful for me.
0: You can find You and Your Body on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. For more info, check out my Facebook page, my Instagram, you and, your bod pod, and my website, www.YouAndYourBodPod.com. Our artwork was provided by the incredible Amber Catford. Seriously, check out our Instagram. And our music by a dear friend, Cinnamon Sugar. It's truly been an honor. See you next week. And if you're still you're
2: the lucky ones. I'm going